How's it going, listeners? Welcome to this week's episode of Throwback Thursday here on Across the Bifrost. My name is Ryan Doze. I am your host, and today we have a fabulous episode planned for you. We get to read two more issues of Journey into Mystery with one of my returning guests, my good friend Eric Fisher, and today we get to see Thor interact with the Avengers for the first time in Journey into Mystery. It's going to be a great episode. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Okay, listeners, here we go for this week's edition of Throwback Thursday. We are looking at two more issues of Journey into Mystery. Today, we are going to cover issues 101 and 102 of this awesome book. It is our second two-part story. We get the return of a familiar villain, and that's why I thought it would bring back a familiar voice on the podcast, bringing back my friend Eric Fisher to talk about these two awesome uh, issues they're not episodes i always get that confused we're talking about these two awesome issues eric how's it going tonight man doing good man how are you doing i am i'm doing good i've we've got a, we've got a long week on the podcast but uh i am always excited for throwback thursday always ready to go so let's jump into these issues our first issue journey into mystery issue 101 it's entitled The Return of Zarko, the Tomorrow Man. So Zarko showed up in, I believe, the third or fourth issue of Thor's run. He is back with all new types of villainy in this issue. This issue came out in February of 1964. So we're a few months into this new year. And here is the synopsis for this issue of journey into mystery thor goes on a rampage through new york city after his father odin denies him a marriage to jane foster unaware of the damage his tantrum is causing hank pym as giant man must step in to appeal to thor's conscience this issue also features iron man so if you couldn't tell from the title of this episode we are getting the first glimpse of the avengers in this story so uh eric you and i are both big comic book fans what was uh reading the thor story with the avengers in it in this early edition of the avengers what was it like to just see them kind of guest star for a few panels in this issue uh it was great i loved it uh the the you know uh it reminded me of of uh you know Hank Pym's character. Uh, yeah, back in those days, he was he was he was quite a uh, quite a personality amongst the rest of the uh, rest of the cast. <laughs> he, he's kind of a jerk, to be honest. <laughs> I was gonna say he's uh, his. You know, it's it's later. You know, later in the issue, his his uh, approach to uh, you know, I can't appeal to Thor, so I'm gonna punch him in the face. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like maybe maybe not the best people skills. Um, well, and and then of course the uh, the ever progressively written uh, Janet Van Dyne. Um, she, oh my gosh, she has some ridiculous lines in these just like few panels they're in. But we get the first appearance of the Avengers, the uh, team that Thor is a part of. Uh, there's only been three issues of Avengers at this point in 1964. So the Avengers are not an established name. They're not a staple of the, of the Marvel Universe at this point. But it, it really lends itself to Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and the, the Marvel team's creative vision to um, build a universe that is interconnected. So unlike a lot of DC books, you get to see uh, you get to see these heroes interact outside of their team book, which is which is pretty cool. Um, so also there's Iron Man in here. Uh, Iron, Iron Man has a great panel in here where he just he just makes makes all the problems go away with money <laughs> when he when he pays the guy off <laughs> for his truck. <laughs> It's like, hey, uh, I see that my friend completely destroyed your main means of transportation. Here's just a wad of cash. It's like, <laughs> also, like, where does he keep that on the suit? Like in his like Iron Man pockets or like his Iron Man wallet? Like he just like pulls out this wad of cash. And I'm like, okay, that's a that's a nice flex, Tony Stark. Fantastic it's, man. It's completely in line, you know, when Hank wants to punch Thor in the face. Iron Man's solution is, oh, let him be. He's he's got it yeah. figured out. Yeah, <laughs> clearly he's an emotional, stable friend that we don't need to help further. Um, <laughs> speaking of Iron Man, uh, also this month, this month in Marvel, this month, February nineteen sixty four, three other issues of Marvel Comics that jumped out at me, and we'll get Eric's thoughts on these as well. Speaking of Iron Man, we got Tales of Suspense, number 50. This is an incredibly crucial issue of Tales of Suspense for Iron Man because it is the first appearance of his arch enemy, the Mandarin. Uh, Iron Man goes on this adventure in the Mandarin's castle, and we, uh, we get introduced to a villain that would change Iron Man for the decades to come. Tales of Astonishment number 52 giant man and the wasp face off against uh nathan garrett the black knight the i believe the original black knight um in a they battle with uh you know kind of your standard villain of the 60s you know uh there's in the 60s there's nothing wrong with punching a communist in the face uh and then amazing spider-man number nine you get to see the origin and the first appearance of the villain Electro. So, Eric, those other issues coming out this month in Marvel, February 1964. What uh, Which one of those issues would have been like if Eric goes to the newsstand and he's going to pick out a, a Marvel comic? Which one of those are you picking out in February 1964? Spider-Man for sure. Okay. Okay. So uh, wh why do you say Spider-Man? Well, I, I'm I, I'm a big Spider-Man fan, anyways. Uh, needless to say, but um, obviously my my tenure with Spider-Man was later, you know, late '80s to the '90s. Um, but Electro, uh, classic Electro, is one of the cheesiest Spider-Man villains. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and it, I love I I can't help but love cheesy Spider-Man villains. 
So yeah, and and I know that I've read. I I couldn't I couldn't tell you much about the book now without going back and buzzing through it. But I know that I've run, read the first appearance of Electro in like an omnibus or a, vo- a volume. Uh, okay. Uh, in the past, um, because I was curious and because I I like Electro, so I I know I I know that I've gone through that um, through that book at least once. But it was a long time ago. But yeah. For sure, if 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 I were standing in front of a in front of a comic book rack uh, at a gas station back then, it it definitely would have been Spider Man. Yeah, I think. Well, I, I would I would love to say um, I would love to say in hindsight that I would pick Tales of Suspense number fifty just because of the significance of the Mandarin. But I probably would have gone with Spider Man as well. Electro Electro is pretty awesome, and yeah. I also. I also love so this era of Marvel comics. I love that all of the all of the costumes are very overt. Like Spider Man, Spider Man, you know, literally dressed up. He's got webbing on his suit, and you know, he, he just looks like a spider. He runs into Electro. Is like, hmm, lightning bolts hanging off of you everywhere. I'm gonna guess you don't like have fire powers. You're either um, a sunflower <laughs> or somebody that controls electricity. Yeah, it's like, hmm, I wonder what this guy's all about. Um, it's like their costumers were like, hmm, well, we don't want you to be understated at all. So let's just be overtly crazy about it. Uh, this issue of Journey into Mystery, jumping back to Journey into Mystery 101, our first issue for today. There are no significant first appearances in this issue. We get the return of Zarko. He's a foe that is familiar to the thunder god but it is written by stan lee it is penciled by jack the king kirby and for anchor we get george bell who uh it seems is probably just filling in on this issue of journey into mystery and we retain the letterer from last issue sam rosen so uh eric I, I we we talk about creators all the time we just kind of throw their last name in there and we just kind of know um, you know, who, who we're talking about. I, I'm, I'm curious, what was it like going back and reading like old Jack Kirby comics and, and taking in all of his artwork? Well, you know, Kirby's old artwork is classic, right? I mean, everything, yeah. everything he did back in those days, you, you could pick up a book or a page from a book and not have his name on anywhere on it. And you could tell that was Kirby artwork. There's no, there's no mistaking Jack Kirby's Thor, Jack Kirby's Silver Surfer. You just, you know, you know when you're looking at a page drawn by Jack Kirby, and uh, that's that's probably my favorite part of this book is that that old classic artwork. Uh, just on every single page is great. There's there's some really great panels. Um, I can't remember the. I think it was page eight that I was, I, I kind of stopped on and took note of the page because there's a panel on there uh, with Zarko's face and he's got this look on his face and I just stopped and had to admire it for just a minute <laughs> because it was so ridiculous looking, but yeah, I, I love, I love Kirby's artwork. And, and like I said, it's just, it's iconic. Well, speaking of, you mentioned silver surfer in there just briefly. And that kind of reminded me that, in these issues, we get like some of our first few like big panels of cosmic Kirby artwork. Right. So 
for Mar- for like Marvel fans who maybe are a little bit more familiar with Jack Kirby, we'll throw this up on our social media and you can actually take a look at this. The like the the Bifrost like just uh, on uh, almost like unfolding like a like a red carpet like on a runway through the through the stars and the big sunbursts and cosmic cosmic Kirby artwork is so like 60s fantastical that like you said it could really only be him right like he has a very distinct style and I think my my favorite version of Jack Kirby is cosmic cosmic Kirby artwork which we definitely get in books like Thor and uh, Silver Surfer and you know eventually like uh, things like New Gods and um, other other works that rely on a very uh, space heavy theme but Jack Kirby always good to look at what he's drawing these uh, in these comics a few notes before we jump into our page by page run through this book uh, this issue does see the return of Zarko he uh, last appeared in Journey into Mystery 86 this is kind of beginning a streak for Thor of his rogues gallery reappearing in his books so we get a few familiar faces and we also get to see Loki in this as well up to his usual tricks this also is the first issue of journey into mystery to acknowledge the fact that thor has joined the avengers so uh the like i said earlier the avengers is only three issues old at this point so they're not a staple um obviously they've still combined you know uh, three three heroes uh counting ant-man and and Wasp, you know, from their one book in Tales of Astonish. Um, you get to see three heroes com- combine their powers, but the Avengers are very new. And this is the first time we get to see a major crossover of another Marvel hero coming into Thor's book. So um, it's significant for that reason. Um, we will begin our jump into the book on the cover. So... On the cover of Journey into Mystery 101, we see Zarko being uh, being kind of lifted down by a giant mechanical hand to combat Thor. We obviously learn more about this on the uh, on the pages that we're about to cover. In the first few pages, this is where we get our appearance of the Avengers here in the first probably two or three pages. We see Thor is... Thor is done. He's fed up. He even at one point says he's tired of he's tired of mortals intruding upon him. So he is taking this, you know, this strong, this strong, sad kind of walk through New York City. And he's just inadvertently causing havoc. Um, He's busting up trash cans and he's crushing things. And uh, Ant-Man, Hank Pym, comes to find out about Thor's little tantrum by the ants uh, reporting back to him. He and Hank Pym and the Wasp go to meet him, and they also send a message to Tony Stark, the Iron Man, to come meet them. So, Eric, first first impressions of Hank Pym, the Wasp, Iron Man, in this issue of Journey into Mystery. What what were some of your first you know few thoughts as they appear for the first time in this book? Well, you, you kind of mentioned it earlier, uh, the relationship, you get a brief window into the relation, this relationship 
1964 relationship between Hank and Janet. And yes. uh, like you said, Janet's got some, got some classic, you know, uh, uh, lines and thought bubbles going on in these pages that are, uh, they have no bearing whatsoever on the story, <laughs> but <laughs> it doesn't stop them from being ridiculous. Um, and and <laughs> we talked about it earlier with Hank, Hank Pym being the classic jerk and, um, uh, just, <laughs> I just don't get it. Like, Hank, you're such a douche, man. Like yeah. he's, He's supposed to be this like a chivalrous, you know, hero and genius scientist. And he literally needs Janet to remind him, hey, uh, by the way, uh, don't forget your size capsules, um, <laughs> which is like, um, that, I don't know. I just don't feel like you could get away with uh, calling something a size capsule nowadays. It's like, don't forget to take your size capsules. <laughs> <laughs> But okay, my favorite part of this opening page is the thought bubble where Janet says, to the ends of the earth, you big dream boat. Yeah, exactly. And whereas, whereas Hank's first line in the book is, quiet, Janet. <laughs> it's like, hey, if you wanted to know what a, what a superhero, like, domestic disputes looked like in the, Mar in the Marvel Universe, just look at Hank and Janet, like... <laughs> <laughs> Hank Hank does not deserve Janet Van Dyne for sure. <laughs> on the on the next page, we get to see uh, I, I think a few cool little scenes here. Uh, Thor walks out in the middle of the street and he busts up a truck. He with one swing of the hammer, he breaks off the front of the truck, and the driver, of course, is taken you know off guard. And then we get to see that panel we referred to earlier where giant man hank pym is putting together the truck as iron man is paying the driver off he's like oh this should cover it it's like um no let's let's talk about the asgardian psychopath that just destroyed my entire truck um then you know uh, thor insists that what he's dealing with he can only deal with alone um hank Hank aggressively disagrees with him, but Iron Man convinces them that they should let Thor handle this on his own. And that kind of concludes the Avengers portion of this issue. So we've already referred to it a few times, but Eric, final impressions of the Avengers in this book before we jump into Thor's uh, solo portion of this book. Yeah, I think they, I mean, without dedicating half the book to the Avengers, they were able to squeeze them in here and basically frame up these three characters perfectly for what they were in that day and age. Right. There is nothing, yeah, I... <laughs> there's no ambiguity about these people's personalities. Um, and I thought that was, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, you, you know, Hank's yeah. aggression, Janet's undying devotion to <laughs> this giant jerk. Literally giant jerk. Literally a giant jerk. <laughs> and and Tony Stark's ability to make everything better with money. He just like, hey, there's not there's not a single problem that we have that we can't solve with capitalism, right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> so the Avengers go off and um, they're um, they respect Thor's wishes. They are going to let hit their let their friend. Um, they've already tried to help him, but. Um, Thor doesn't want their help, so he's going to head off and brood about Jane Foster a little more. So 
this is the like we've mentioned in previous episodes this is the persistent want of thor is he wants to be with jane so he broods a little more and we see back in asgard loki is showing odin that Thor has not, he's, he hasn't dropped it. He hasn't let it go. And Odin gets mad and he he does this um, kind of uh, maneuver with Thor's power where he reduces it in half. And Thor can no longer uh, produce thunderstorms. He can no longer even return to Asgard. So that's kind of the, um, the Achilles heel that we have set up for Thor in this issue. We get a brief recap of issue 100 where Jane was deemed unworthy by Odin to become immortal. And then Thor tries to go to Asgard to appeal to Odin one more time. And we get to see him fight with Heimdall for a few panels. Heimdall is like, hey, man, you can't come in here. Like your power's been halved. And Thor, you know, Thor in his classic... Um, boisterous you know arrogant way he's like how how dare you know how dare you say that i can't you know enter asgard heimdall stops him and they are just they're not gonna let thor in he can't he cannot come back into asgard thor has a great uh panel at the bottom of page six where the art the artwork alone is hilarious but the the bottom panel of page six you get this goofy just this goofy drawn face on him and um he says odin noble father do not spurn me hear me odin and uh odin is he's not having it he he's not going to hear from his favorite son so eric we we kind of are set up with the um struggle for thor in these two issues that his power has been halved and um i just gotta ask is odin a terrible father <laughs> it depends are you thor or the other son of his <laughs> yeah no, like odin odin repeatedly in these issues says my favorite son thor and loki is literally standing right there <laughs> he's like this aloof father figure who's just like you know what overt favoritism won't cause any problems <laughs> sure it can't <laughs> Clearly, both of these young men are are well adjusted. Yeah, yeah, they don't. Yeah, really, these early issues of, of Thor and, and Loki's relationship—it's just daddy issues being played out on a cosmic scale. <laughs> My goodness! Uh, so we get a little bit of that um, that uh, set up for the issue, and then Loki is up to his schemes, and he is trying to find a way to um, defeat Thor again. And he decides to look into the well of the well of centuries. And he sees Zarko in the 23rd century. And he determines that he is worthy to, um, to, you know, try again and try to defeat Thor this one more time. We get a little bit of a recap of Zarko and his last adventure with Thor. And we, uh, we're told that Zarko is now, uh, thanks to the power of Loki, he's freed from the mental grip they put on him in, in uh, Journey of Mystery 86. Zarko determines to create a robot to go back to the 20th century and subdue mankind. He is going to try and uh, take over the world yet again. 
he uses this robot to go back to the 20th century. This robot uh, takes care of the police pretty efficiently and they go on their own rampage. And when Thor tries to go and cut off Zarko and the giant robot, he kind of forgets that his power has been halved. So he's not as uh, potent of an opponent for this robot that uh, he was the previous time that he faced off against Zarko. So the reintroduction of Zarko, Eric, what did you think of the Tomorrow Man, the madman from the 23rd century, uh, this incredibly <laughs> elaborate and complex villain? <laughs> uh, I, loved, I loved the fact that Loki's, Loki's solution to how do I beat Thor or how do I convince Odin Thor isn't worthy is to take someone he's already beaten like the logic in that it's like well he 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 was he was cheap he was uh he was a fiscally responsible choice (laughs) yeah 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 he's we've already got him on retainer we may as well dip back in yeah what what evil baddies do i have on the on the roster uh zarko you're not doing much (laughs) why don't you go give it another shot man uh so the the robot um the robot grabs an entire building and he cuts off a street thor realizes that he he can't use his hammer to the effect that he once was able to as we're reminded many many times through this book um and the next issue i think we are reminded um no less than a thousand times that his power has been halved it's like it's like uh, they wrote this comic for goldfish. It's like, hey, just in case you forgot from three panels ago, Thor has half of his power. Just um, just wanted to to bring you up to speed on that. Um, also, in the five seconds that it's been since we last reminded you, his power has been halved. It's like we get it, Stan. We get it. <laughs> we we are on board, and we are smart people reading this book. Um, Thor is captured by the robot. And he's able to kind of wiggle free, but we come to the climactic point of this first issue where because he doesn't have all of his power, Thor is defeated by the robot and Zarko gives him an ultimatum. He says, hey, uh, I'm going to set this robot to destroy all of Earth unless you come back to the 23rd century and you basically do my bidding. And it feels like at the end of this issue that everything is going Zarko's way and by proxy, everything is going Loki's way. He has arranged all of this and it's finally working out for the trickster gods. So that is where we leave off the end of issue 101 of Journey into Mystery. Eric, take me through your your thoughts as we get out of this book and we go on to part two of this uh, Return of Zarko story. (laughs) it's it's the first thought i had was you know zarko's from 23rd century earth yes so he wants to destroy the 20th century earth (laughs) (laughs) oh my god you didn't even realize that (laughs) and he uses that as a card (laughs) as his trump card against thor and thor (laughs) just goes with it It's like Zarko's doing the time travel equivalent of sawing off the branch that he's sitting on. Right. Yeah. Like, there's no, you're not going to go back to much if you destroy yeah, like, 
the timeline you're in. <laughs> evil genius, more just like evil numbskull. Um, yeah. So we get this. Um, we get this uh, to be continued. Um, part of issue 101 and we jump into issue 102 so issue 102 of journey to mystery is entitled slave of zarko the tomorrow man referring to thor's current state you know he he has to do he has to do zarko's bidding and this issue came out in march of 1964 the synopsis for journey to mystery 102 goes something like this oh oh good we get a reminder here with his powers halved by an angry odin thor is left defenseless and distraught in an attempt to please odin and regain his abilities thor accepts a dangerous mission mission from the 23rd century will thor be able to save the 20th century earth by destroying artur zarko of the future so that is the precedent that has been said. Oh, by the way, Thor's powers have been halved, uh, just in case you forgot. Um, in March of 1964, we have two very, very significant issues of Marvel Comics that came out this month. We're just going to cover these two before we jump back into Journey into Mystery 102. The first one is... X-Men number four. Magneto is back and he's not alone. This time, the X-Men face off against the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants for the first time. This issue is the first appearance of some of the Brotherhood mutants like Toad, Quicksilver, and the uh, the incredibly timely Scarlet Witch, Wanda Maximoff. So, this issue of, of X-Men is uh, a really big deal. A lot of, lot of important first appearances here that have definitely endured to the current you know, iteration of movies and even modern comics. And then the second issue is quite possibly uh, even an even bigger deal in the grand scope of comics. Avengers number four. The legend lives. Captain America steps out of the ice and into the modern era. So this is the first issue of Avengers that features Captain America, Steve Rogers. So not a first appearance, but a first appearance in a long time kind of thing. Eric, March of 1964, are you picking up X-Men number four or Avengers number four? <clears throat> That's a tough one. I'd probably, I'd probably go with X-Men. Just, okay. Just because X Men was the book that I grew up reading. Yeah, X Men. X Men's your book. Yep. Uh, and and Magneto and Magneto's you know family was a part of that. I was really into <clears throat> Magneto and his and his progeny. His you know House of M uh, was a really big, really important book for me uh, back in the day. It was when I was visiting comic shops on a regular basis um, and anything, anything related to Magneto, I was, I was on board with. So it would probably be X-Men. Uh, you know, I would probably have uh, done everything I could to get both books because <laughs> yes. it's hard to, it's hard to pass up on a, on a Captain America. Right. 
Um, well, and that's honestly, that's where I would have gone. Cause cap is like, obviously I, I started this podcast cause I love, I love Thor most Thor. I'm never going to forget you. You're my first love, but captain America is my second favorite hero. He is just phenomenal. And to see him jump back into the modern age, would have been um would have been a spectacular that uh much like your opinion of x-men i just could not have passed it up right it would have been it would have been too good of an opportunity but both books phenomenal both books very important in the grand scheme of marvel comics they both came out in march of 1964 so i'm actually gonna let eric tell us about a significant first appearance that happened in the tales of asgard side story in journey into mystery 102 so eric tell us uh tell us what characters showed up for the first time in this story so i i knew about this story but i i hadn't read it until uh very recently um this is the death comes to thor uh this is thor's uh these tales of asgard are, are thor's youthful days uh coming to age books um, and this death comes to Thor is all about Thor trying to be worthy enough to lift Mjolnir over his head. And, uh, it, this is the book that he does it in. And this includes yes. the first appearance of Sif. Um, uh, the, oh gosh, I can't remember the King's name. Do you remember the King's name, Ryan? In, uh, in this issue, in the tales of Asgard story, is that what yeah. you're referring to? Yep. Yep. Dun, 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 dun. I will scan back through and I will find it real quick. So he dun, takes Sif captive and he trades yes. her to uh, Hela for for immortality. And and yes. Thor Thor comes to find this out as he's uh, as he storms the gates and uh, confronts this king and and uh, the king kind of folds pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tells him immediately where Sif can be found. Uh, and so he's off. Thor goes off right away to save Sif and uh, and approaches, confronts Hela and uh, offers to trade his life for Sif's. And that is enough for uh, Hela to grant her, her blessing to him and let them both go. And uh, this is the this is the proving, you know, the proving story that. Thor is worthy of, of uh, wielding Mjolnir. Awesome. Awesome. Like I, uh, the, by the way, the, uh, the name of the King, the storm giant King is King Ruga. Ruga. And I just realized I made a crazy um, mistake here. There is also another significant first appearance in this um in this uh, Tales of Asgard story, and you just mentioned her. This is the first appearance of Hela, the goddess of death. Oh, is it? I didn't even know that. See, I see. I, you know what? Across the Bifrost listeners, I do apologize because I feel like I should remember Hela and her first appearance. This, yeah, it's the first appearance of Hela, the goddess of death, and she, of course, goes on to become a notorious antagonist of Thor and sometimes an ally, but mostly an antagonist. So we get the first appearance of Sif and Hela in this tales of Asgard story, which if you're interested in those tales of Asgard stories, listeners, 
I am working on a big project right now to make sure that you get all of those Tales of Asgard stories covered here on the podcast. So uh, keep a watchful eye on your podcast feed and we will definitely take care of you when it comes to those those side stories. But let's jump into before we jump into those comics, the um, the creative the creative team for this issue. Oh my goodness. It's, I mean, we still get a, a writer, a, a penciler, an inker, and a letterer, but this started those the way that Stan Lee would use his trademark hyperbole to be very theatrical, even about the, the credits for his books. And here's how the credits are done in this issue. This comic was cunningly conceived by Stan Lee. It was daring, daring, daringly drawn by Jack Kirby. Holy crap, that was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. It was ingeniously inked by Chick Stone, and it was lovingly lettered by Art Simic. So uh, Stan Lee just having a lot of fun with how they introduce the creative team. Also, Chick Stone is the coolest name ever. <laughs> like he sounds like an action hero in like a a B movie. I, I'm pretty sure that Nicolas Cage would play Chick Stone. <laughs> so let's let's jump into issue 102 of Journey into Mystery. Really, we're gonna we're gonna glance through uh, very briefly the first few pages because it's all recapping the previous issue of 101, just bringing us up to speed of what was happening in that previous story. Again, I've said this many times. I really love that early Marvel comics uh, they did this. They recapped is a really great way of taking care of their listeners because say. Say maybe uh, maybe uh, little Eric Fisher went to the newsstand and last month he couldn't afford Journey into Mystery. So he still needs to know what's going on in the story. So Stanley and the crew take care of little Eric Fisher and uh, they make sure that he knows what's going on in Journey into Mystery 102. The uh, which, by the way, I just realized you said you're a fan of the 80s and 90s. So like you would have been like, what, negative 20 when this came out? Yeah, something like <laughs> the uh, the story jumps jumps into its uh, its current um, its current uh, plot point where uh, Zarko and Thor show up in the twenty third century, and right away, um, right away, Thor is used by Zarko to cause um, some not some not some kind of disastrous, um, you know. Uh, world ending event he's just kind of uh smashing certain things he's causing kind of just general ruckus and um then we get to see uh, zarko and thor be approached by the technoguards who are uh protectors of the machines that run the 23rd century at this point because um if you don't remember from journey to mystery 86 listener in this century uh, there are no weapons, there are no wars, and that's what Zarko hates about it. So he's not confronted by soldiers, he's confronted by these uh, basically glorified security guards. And Thor is used to subdue the security guards and get them to um, get them to follow the orders of Zarko. Zarko goes to the World Council and he demands, he must 
be the ruler of the world. So, Eric, we jump into this uh, continuation of the story and uh, Thor being the slave of Zarko. What are some of your first impressions of maybe maybe this uh, this setup for the 23rd century and how um, how things are run in Zarko's uh, time period? I, I love that general mischief is is like high crime in the 23rd century. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> they don't even, you know, they don't hurt anybody. They don't really destroy anything. It's just like they stop foot traffic. and Because <laughs> <laughs> they've got like these moving sidewalks. Um, which, by the way, how... Um, how uh, how predictive is that that um i don't even think wa- uh, moving sidewalks were a thing and back in the 60s so kudos jack Curry. yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and uh the other the other thing that i thought was interesting you know um you know thor's the character of thor's fairly young right in the in these books. yes um uh, so so his powers when he when he needs a, a particular power he just kind of manifests it it's there's Absolutely. no real he doesn't really have a set of powers in in these early books and he just kind of uh you know he doesn't want to hurt anybody he doesn't want to hurt the guards uh so he reflects the sunlight off Mjolnir and and quote unquote puts them in a trance of course absolutely <laughs> it's very it's very convenient that that that's a that hypnotizing people with a reflection of the sun from Mjolnir uh, is, is available in his arsenal of, of abilities. If honestly, if you wanted to describe the power set of any major Marvel uh, hero at this time, you could just say like, Hey, whatever's most convenient for this hero, whatever they need, they can do. Like I've read some old issues of Iron Man and that like they take that to an entirely different level. It's like, you know, he it's like he's the 60s Batman. Um, (laughs) Oh, of course I have shark repellent. Why wouldn't I? You know, that's just something I carry around with myself. Now that you Um, said that about Iron Man, it reminds me of a particular book uh, where uh, this is back in those those 60 comics, too. But that stands out particular to me. Iron Man is in trouble and he pushes a button on the, on his armor and pops roller skates out the, out of the bottoms of his feet. Of course. (laughs) It's like he forgot he can freaking fly, man. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, This looks like like a job for roller skates. (laughs) Gosh. It's so ridiculous and we love it. Um, we continue the the kind of the standoff with Zarko and the World Council, the ruling body of the 23rd century. And again, Thor has to do what Zarko says uh, because he made a promise and uh, as guardians keep their oaths. So as Thor is leaving with Zarko out of the World Council chambers, he leaves a note uh, very, uh, very um, unsuspectingly, he leaves a note for the World Council to read as they're leaving. But before they can get out the door, they are uh, Zarko and Thor are stopped by this oct this octa octa robot octobot octobot. Hmm. Yes. And he wrestles this this giant metal octopus, and uh, he's. Uh, 
encased in this vapor, this poisonous gas, and Thor ties the robot up, and the um, the robot is subdued because none of the all the gas keeps you know uh, accumulating in the the back bag um, of you know it's supposed to look like an octopus, so it um, it accumulates in the back of the machine. Then Zarko and Thor are told that um, where the master machine is, the, the master machine that runs the 23rd century, and they fly off to take hold of this machine because if they take hold of this machine, Zarko becomes the ruler of the world. They get to this cave and Thor and Zarko encounter the sea bomb, which is different uh, from the last sea bomb <laughs> that... Uh, the uh that zarko tried to get in journey into mystery 86 it is a cell bomb that is like a it's like an instant prison um i feel like i'm watching like a, a late night tv infomercial um you know insta prison you know guaranteed to capture what you need to capture um and thor and zarko are briefly held prisoner by this but thor is able to break the machine and they head inside the cave to take hold of the master machine so eric with this uh with this next obstacle that thor has to overcome uh were you on to the the plan um that thor had of why he left the note for the world council um were were you figuring that out because i definitely wasn't no no i wasn't either i thought i thought when the when the c-bomb came out of the out of the cave i thought that was the plan Yes, uh, I thought that you know that it would just it would just trap Zarko, and you yes. know the council would show up and and thank Thor, and then Thor would go back to uh, the 20th century. Um, but yeah, I I was not sure when 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 he laid his his single folded note down on the on the council's desk. I I I wasn't sure either. I I, <laughs> I figured it. Had, you know, you knew he was going to turn the tables at some point. Yeah, um, yeah, but yeah, I wasn't sure how he was gonna how he was gonna accomplish it. I thought the prison was gonna capture Zarko as well. I was like, man, this is we got we got like four more pages. Like, what's gonna yeah. happen? Um, also, <laughs> I know uh, when he left the note, I was just like, I just pictured that whole like um, thing that you would do as a kid in elementary school. It's like, do you like me? Check yes or no. <laughs> Thor like, hey, World Council, how am I doing? Am I am I doing good? Am I doing good or bad? <laughs> like, just slipping them the an I like you know. Uh, then Zarko takes hold of the master machine, and we get to see this um this board of all the major cities on Earth. Um, I love some of the inclusions here. Uh, Nome, Alaska is conclude is included with big cities like London and Tokyo and New York and also Antarctica gets its own circle the <laughs> the famed city of Antarctica gets its own little spot on the board um, if you're going to take over the world that's the last place you want to forget about is Antarctica you can't there's just so much premium white powder snow there um, <laughs> Zarko wants to go sledding afterwards. He wants to, you know, unwind after he's done taking over the world. The all throughout this uh, this little sequence, Thor is thinking to himself: Once I do what Zarko tells me to do, then I'll be free, and I can actually confront him. So Thor's free. 
of, of Zarko's hold because Zarko found the master machine and Thor says, okay, now I'm free to fight you. Um, he says on page 11, uh, alas, your triumph is about to come to an end, Zarko. Now that I have kept my word, I am free to follow my own whim, my whims, uh, free to battle you. And he thinks he's outsmarted Zarko, but because Zarko has access to the master machine, he's able to use all these different devices to keep Thor at bay, like a freeze gun, a kind of a, a plasma gun, and um, even like a ray, a ray that can destroy like whole bits of the atmosphere. And, um, and yeah, so Thor is uh, really still, still at bay here. He's unable to defeat Zarko. Until we get to the climactic uh, defeat of Zarko, where the master machine itself, one of its defense mechanisms, uh, is activated and Zarko is encased in this semi-solid matter that he can still breathe, he can still hear, but he can't get out and he's kind of in this, um, in this prison uh, with this semi-solid energy. Thor has beaten Zarko. I mean, really, the Master Machine has beaten Zarko. And Thor goes back to the World Council. And, uh, you know, they they assure him that Zarko is going to be kept in a maximum security area. And then uh, one of the members of the World Council and Thor have this great interaction where uh, the World Council member says to Thor, Thor, to you, this is probably another one of your thousand victories. But to those of us living in this century, you have done something which we shall never forget. And Thor says, every victory over the forces of evil is an important one, my friend. But now I must return to my own century. So uh, then he, he time travels back to the 20th century as Loki watches on very disappointed <laughs> Odin even says, did you see Loki? My favorite son did not fail me. <laughs> he only seemed to be in league with the mortal, but he had to carry out his oath. First of all, Odin, major jerk, man. <laughs> like, again, your other son is standing mere feet from you, and you're, you're rubbing it in his face. <laughs> what a jerk. Um... But also we get to see one of those uh, very convenient powers of the hammer where Mjolnir gives Thor the capability of traveling through time. And that concludes issue 102 of Journey into Mystery. So, Eric, with the conclusion of this issue, just kind of give me your thoughts of how this one came together and uh, what were uh, some of your takeaways from this issue? Well, I, I think it's important to mention that, you know, during this entire issue, Ryan, Thor's powers were halved. That you know what? I'm glad you reminded me because I almost <laughs> forgot. Um, yes, listener, please don't forget Thor's powers were halved, and he still <laughs> defeated this villain because he's so freaking awesome. Even, and even at fifty percent, you know your Mjolnir is going to take you through time. That's of course. That's, that's of course. Um, you know, it's uh, it's nothing but convenient. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you can't control lightning, but you sure as heck can travel three centuries into the future and back to the past. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Stan, what are the rules for this character? I don't know them. <laughs> Please tell me. Well, that's the beauty of it, right? Like these, yes. these old these old issues. They there were no rules, like you said. 
these powers were appropriated for these characters as needed. Uh, yes. These, these characters, characters were all unstoppable heroes. Uh, you know, in, invincible. Uh, just they had they had every power at their hand at their fingertips, and um, that's just it, that's just it, right? Thor Thor was and still yeah. is one of the most powerful heroes in the Marvel universe, um, and it's cool. Yes. It's a cool. It's cool to go back and read these old books about him and just see where that you know the genesis of this uh, this behemoth of of characterization in this universe came from and um yeah it's 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 a funny it's a funny two books zarko is a ridiculous villain <laughs> oh he's so he's i mean zarko would not get written today no no, no way. <laughs> you're not, like the 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 current writer on thor donny cates he's not gonna go to the editor and she'd be like, okay, so I really want to bring back Zarko in a big way. <laughs> what is, like, yeah. like, who? <laughs> what are the chances? What are the chances you see a Tomorrow Man Marvel Legends figure action? Oh figure? my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I you know what? I would almost consider buying that. Yeah, um it, like these old, like hokey vintage villains. I would love that. Um <laughs> So as we wrap up this episode of Throwback Thursday, Eric, any final thoughts of this two-part Zarko story featuring the Avengers, featuring, uh, you know, uh, in the Tales of Asgard, featuring the first appearances of Sif and Hela? Any final thoughts you want to leave the listeners with before they get on with their day? Um, no, I think we covered it. I, I just, yeah. it blows me away. You know, I enjoyed as ridiculous as they were. I enjoyed both of these books. I enjoyed uh, the artwork, like I said, most of all. Uh, going back and looking at those pictures, it's just it's it really is like a nostalgia bomb. Um, yes, like I said, I, I, I've read I've read through omnibuses of of older books um, for different characters, um, different different lines of stories. Like uh, never journey into mystery, but I know I've gotten through. Uh, Tales to Astonish and um, yeah, uh, things like that. But uh, yeah, it's it's just really cool um, to go back and and read these, you know, blown over over the top uh, um, speech bubbles and things from these characters. It's just classic. Yes, just very, it's very def- it definitely a blast from the past. Definitely a style that is. Um, uh, an acquired taste, but if you love fa- fantastical, ridiculous, fun, um, over-the-top stories that are definitely not grounded in a lot of reality, <laughs> um, you will enjoy this. Uh, Eric, I've enjoyed talking comics with you yet again. I-, I-, I really enjoy bringing like just our normal conversations that we have like when, when we're together and we're hanging out and just bringing those conversations onto the show. So uh, thanks for spending some time with us. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed. Um, hope you enjoyed Eric on the podcast today. If you did, um, let, let us know in the, re- in the reviews on iTunes uh, and let us know on Instagram. Uh, we would love to know if Eric is one of your favorites. We will try and lock him down for future episodes. <laughs> so uh, we are going to get out of here. Eric, thank you very much for joining me, man. Uh, we'll see you down the road.
always. Thank you. Well, that does it for this week's episode of Throwback Thursday here on Across the Bifrost. I want to thank Eric for stopping by and talking about these two really fun, uh, fantastical issues of Journey into Mystery, the return of Zarko. We got to see some Avengers, really good stuff. I appreciate his time, and I hope you enjoyed our banter. He is really just one of my best friends, and we love talking comics, so I thought I would bring that onto the show. Wanted to give you a few reminders before we get out of here today on our next episode on Monday. We are going to do part two with Ron Friends. Be sure to come back and enjoy the second part of that conversation with him. We go into more about Thor, more about Tom DeFalco, and what he is up to these days. You're not going to want to miss that episode. And on that episode, we are going to start a series that will correspond with the What If Disney Plus show. We are going to do Thor-related What If stories with some returning guests and even some new friends are going to join us on the rainbow bridge to break down some what if issues be sure to go to itunes rate review and subscribe the podcast go follow us on spotify that would really help out our show and ensure that more people find out about this awesome podcast they can join us aboard the rainbow bridge until the next time that you join us on the rainbow bridge we hope you have a great day and remember friends stay worthy